Hello everyone and welcome to Malaria, Poverty and Politics, a podcast where I invite various experts to discuss the issues of inequity in global health and in particular the inadequacy of malaria control strategies in Africa. My name is Silas Majambere and I am very grateful that you have chosen to join me on this journey. Wherever you are listening from, welcome. Today, I have the privilege of chatting with a great African woman, Yasin Jibo. Yasin founded Speak Up Africa in 2011. Her aim, in her own words, was to discover and implement effective and sustainable solutions to the most challenging problems facing the African people. Focusing on strategic communications, policy and advocacy, Speak Up Africa is dedicated to collaborating with African leaders and citizens to take on issues such as malaria, neglected tropical diseases and sanitation in order to save and improve lives. In this first part, we discuss her career journey, what has been her motivation in life, and the advice she has for anyone listening, and in particular, young ladies. We discuss why Speak Up Africa has been successful in working with donor money, while remaining focused on a truly African agenda. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome. So, uh, Yasin, um, welcome uh, to this podcast, Malaria, uh, Poverty and Politics. I'm very happy that you accepted to join me in this conversation. Hello, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you, Silas, for inviting me to this podcast. I'm very excited about the opportunity of being able to speak to you today. Okay. The first time we met, I think it was in Senegal, Dakar. A friend um, talked to me about Speak Up Africa, um, a very good friend of mine who also is your friend, and um, told me that I have to meet you. Uh, And basically, it's a good friend. We've known each other for a very long time. And whenever he tells me that I need to meet someone, I make every effort to meet them. And and since then, I've, I've been really uh, grateful and happy that we connected and then, um, and then I can see why he wanted me to meet you. So, but people who are listening to us don't know you. So um, I was wondering whether you can just tell them who you are. Um, we will get into the professional part later, but anything personal that is not very, very private that you can share with the world, uh, can you please tell us or tell them who you are? Thank you so much, Silas. Um, So my name is Yasin Jibo. I'm currently the executive director of Speak Up Africa. Um, I was um, born in New York. Um, My parents are Senegalese American. Um, I spent some time there before moving back to Senegal, then lived in Ivory Coast. Uh, My father was a banker, so we traveled a lot. And then um, I had the privilege of studying in boarding school in Switzerland, where I met people from across the world. 
um, before starting my university, uh, first in Madrid. Um, at the time, I wanted to stay in Europe, wanted to learn the Spanish language, uh, wanted to discover a new culture, but at the same time, wanted to um, continue my studies in an American university. So I started at St. Louis University in Madrid and then transferred to Boston University, where I graduated with a Bachelor of Arts in International Relations with a minor in anthropology. Um, and that's because I'm always very curious about people. Um, and so that has been something that has stayed with me since. Um, following that, I stayed in Boston, worked for um, a finance company called Fidelity Investments for some time while pursuing my master's in business administration uh, part-time. And uh, at the time, I very much wanted to work in the private sector. And so following my MBA, um, I ended up um, moving back to Senegal and um, started working in uh, life insurance <laughs> um, and real estate development. So um, did that for, for many years um, and really um, very much enjoyed learning about, you know, um, the, the the private sector world, but at the same time, looking at ways, you know, um, in the real estate development specifically, how to, you know, support uh, communities and people in accessing housing. So very much focused on lower income housing and being able to provide that, that service to people. So um, spend several years doing that um until I finally decided to to work on Speak of Africa, which I'll have a chance to tell you maybe more about a little later in the conversation. Um, I'm currently living in Dubai um, for the past few years. Um, prior to that worked and lived in Senegal for many years. Um, and um, I have a 15 year old son. Um, that is um, that is going to high school. He's currently in grade um, 10, so finishing his grade 10 and very passionate about basketball. So I spend a lot of time watching basketball games on weekends and cheering him and his teammates on. Wow, uh, wonderful. Yasin, thanks thanks so much for sharing um, who you are and, and your parts. And, and just one thing that is striking. I was just noting down as you were uh, talking. So Senegal, USA, Switzerland, Madrid, Dubai, uh, all those are places you've lived, um, places you've worked. Uh, it's it's just amazing how international you have been. And just, um, I, I can see another attraction there because I, I, I love basketball. My son plays basketball too. And <laughs> And I uh, just watched, um, I don't know when, when this uh, podcast will air, but um, just watched the uh, finals um, with the win of the Nuggets, uh, Denver Nuggets, and it was fantastic to see. So um, th that's great. So I, I um, we can say more about uh, what, what this means. Um, someone who's born in one continent and works in another continent, um, parents who live or who, are, who come from a different continent than where they are now. It's, um, I've learned that that's part of what um, 
expands our horizon in, in the way we think, the way we look at life. But could you, do you think, do you see yourself as someone um, who's, who's been successful? Because I, I think you are successful, but um, do you think you've, you've achieved or achieving your goals in life? Are you happy? Are you someone who, who think optimistically about life? I think that's a very good question. I'm definitely happy and I'm definitely optimistic and I definitely um, do everything that I can do every day um, to achieve my goals. And I feel um, very privileged today to be doing what I do and being able to, um, to be able to implement you know, my vision, my objectives to have such great, you know, partners, such a great uh, opportunity, like you said, of being able to work on, you know, across the world, across different countries, but at the same time, being able to focus on the African continent where my heart is um, and where I want to bring and bring about difference. So, you know, I think um, from my perspective, definitely, um, very happy with the journey that I have, and um, and you know, definition of success I think is is very broad, and you know, yeah. everyone has a different definition of success. So for me, I think it's more about the journey and 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 each person what their where their journey takes them, and 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 what they feel about it. All right. Yeah. Thanks. Um, so it's. It's a perfect segue into my uh, next um, my next question to you, or trying to understand how you have uh, lived your life. Um, the reason I'm, I'm suggesting that you are successful is, well, let's face it, you are a CEO, uh, so that's no small feat. Um, and we'll get to talking about Speak Up Africa, but um, the reason I'm also asking that is because I know. So you you're a woman. Uh, well, these days it's uh, it's not always um, as defined as <laughs> as it used to be. So I, I presume you're okay being called a woman, um, and you're a mother, as you just mentioned, uh, of a 15 year old. As we're speaking today, you've had to juggle um, life um, in in work and in and being a mom. Um, so. For for someone who's listening to you, who's who's a, a, a young lady, let's say in this case, um, they would consider someone who is a CEO as a role model for sure. So, can you uh, say or tell them um, what what has been your motto in life? Like, what's been your drive? Um, the, what pushed you to get where you are? The things you you've considered in life when you look back things that you the, the choices you made in your life that might have helped you to get where you are so i'll start by saying i think um that you know being able to have you know the education that i was able to have um and also just you know the parents that i've had um that have really inculcated in me you know values around you know, um, important values, you know, to invite you in terms of, 
work ethics, in terms of excellence, in terms of work-life balance, but also that have been that role model in, in, in the way that they have worked and, and, and operated and shown me what to do, but also, you know, the education that they provided to me um, that has really allowed me to be able to see what was possible. So one, one, one advice, you know, for anyone, whether or not they have the same opportunities I do or not, is really to, to, to dare to dream, to really be able to look beyond the, the circle that's immediately around oneself to be able to see everything that is possible and then within everything that's possible to also be able to make the choices that are most reflective of your own self. Um, as I mentioned to you earlier on, I worked for many years in the private sector and I feel that that really gave me a lot of experience in terms of being able to manage an organization, being able to understand people, being able also to understand the value um, that one can bring uh, to an organization or to people and the relationships um, that are very important and critical to be able to grow an organization. But at the same time, um, I did realize, you know, 20 years in, maybe a little less, that this was maybe not the where I wanted to finish my career. And so I did drastically change career paths midway and at the time I was leading a life insurance company. So I was in a, in a leadership position. I had, you know, more than a hundred people working for me. And, um, but at the same time, I felt like I wanted to give back. I wanted to be able to do something meaningful. And so I decided to change um, career paths. And I feel like that's something that people should also realize that at any time in your journey, you can decide to change and you can be equally successful. You can be equally or more fulfilled in, in what you're doing. So for me, I think that was also very important to be able to do what I did the first part of my career and now being able to do something completely different. Um, I think it's also important, you know, for young people to, to know that, you know, mistakes will happen and, yeah. you know, you need to learn from them. I think, you know, you have to, you shouldn't be scared of making mistakes, um, but you do need to learn from the mistakes that you do make. Um, and overall, I think it's also important to learn from you know, the experts and the people around you um, based on their experience and to be able to, you know, continuously be in a learning mode. I think that's something for me, I think that has kept me very excited and, uh, and enthused about everything is that I'm continu continuously learning, you know, new areas of work, new methods of work, new approaches, and I think everybody has something to offer. And it's not because I'm CEO that I will not learn from an 18-year-old. Um, I think this was something that came out from a conversation recently with a young woman who was saying, you know, but why do you want me to, to, to speak up and to contribute? You know, what can I bring to the relationship? And I said, you can bring a whole different perspective that I don't have, um, even though you may not have the same years of experience I do, um, you have 
you know, a different uh, perspective, you have a different experience and that is very important and critical also. So I think it's also for me important to be able to value um, all of the different perspectives and be able to continuously take those into account. Um, and finally, I think you have to be open and receptive to feedback and be able to, you know, continuously hear um, what people have to say uh, with respect to everything that you do. And if you're able to take that in, then it's much easier um, to be able to correct and to be able to improve. Um, so I think for me, it's just that journey of, of partnership, that journey of learning, that journey of, you know, being able to, 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 to work and interact on a daily basis with brilliant um, people from all walks of life and all sectors of society. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, um, I mean, I, I, I know you and it's, it's no surprise that you, you're such an open person and, and, and willing to let people in and, and um, willing to learn despite have been, having been quite uh, successful as, as you have. Um, accepting to learn from an 18 year old is, I mean, it's, it's a quality that not everyone has and, and uh, it speaks pretty much to your um, credit. So um, one thing I wanted to touch upon before we, I promise we will talk about Speak Up Africa for sure. But one thing I wanted to, to touch, so you, you, you've worked in an insurance company, you've um, worked in the private sector, you've moved now to work for Speak Up Africa. You founded it, it's something you thought about. Um, so what's been your experience uh, working and, and going through the stages of your career as a woman and in particular as an African woman? I think I've been, again, um, very privileged to be um, in environments that have very much valued um, my contributions. And I don't necessarily feel um, like I have been disadvantaged um, by being an African woman. Um, I should even say, you know, quite the contrary, especially in recent years. Um, I think, of course, there's always instances where we do see um, that, you know, there are imbalances and strong imbalances. And we do, you know, in, in a lot of the work I do, I see that, you know, very clearly. And it is one of the um, core objectives that I have is really to contribute to being able to level that playing field, as you say, and really be able to ensure that we're bringing these women, African, you know, and all types of, you know, um, diverse groups to the table to be able to meaningfully engage, you know, in whatever way is, is most needed. Um, but personally, I think, you know, having, again, you know, bringing it back to my education and in my household, I'm a first child, I'm a woman, but I've never felt like even in my own family that I have been regarded differently than my younger brother. Um, and I feel like I've been given all of the chances from the onset. So again, I think this is a message also to all the fathers um, and mothers out there to really 
at the beginning of people's lives to really be able to treat them on that equal um, level, because I think it all starts there. At least for me, I think it all started there. So for me, it was almost a non-issue growing up. I never really paid attention to this, except again, more recently with these ongoing discussions um, that we're all having. And of course, in light of what we're seeing in terms of you know, injustice and 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 some situations, but um, but personally, I must say that it it really has not been something that I have um, experienced negatively most of the time. I mean, obviously there are instances here and there, but generally, um, you know, I've been I've been. Um, very privileged to be able to speak up and to be able to have a seat at the table, to be able to have these opportunities like today to talk to you. So um, I think this is what I would like to be able to ensure that all African women have this opportunity to be able to do what I do and to be able to do it, you know, across the world. Nice. Um, it, it's it's wonderful. It's a wonderful thing to hear that. Um, uh, someone was asking me in the, the other day uh, why I stay remain hopeful despite all the injustices and all the bad things that are, are happening in the world. It's it's because the, the whole thing is not totally dark. There are there are bright uh, bright stars. There's there's some light uh, when you look carefully. There are good things happening. So um, thank you for for bringing that that uh, light to um, that the world of um, of, of oppressing or, or injustice uh, towards race and gender is not the only thing that happens. Uh, there are other things that happen. There are successful uh, people uh, of all kinds and, and race. And it's, it's it's nice to see. And it's encouraging that um, we have that. So we, we have examples to emulate. So Speak Up Africa. So um, you're the CEO of Speak Up Africa. Um, some people might not know uh, what Speak Up Africa is. Can you, can you just tell the audience what Speak Up Africa is? What, what's your aim? And why, why did you create it in, in first place and what, what were you trying to achieve? So happy to, 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 to introduce Speak Up Africa to those who don't know us. Um, so we are an African-based organization headquartered in Senegal. And really our, our, our goal is really to be able to build an Africa where growth and sustainable development are driven by Africa's own citizens. I think for us, and for me particularly, it was very important to be able to support African leaders and citizens to be able to take an active role in being able not only to identify, but develop the solutions um, to be able to tackle the different challenges that we face in our continent, and most specifically around health, including malaria, NTDs, immunization, and others. Um, I think for me personally, you know, when I founded Speak of Africa, it was really because I felt that there was a big gap in terms of African leadership, African ownership, and really being able to address um, these challenges from an African perspective um, and really being able to do so 
um, in support of you know, national strategies and national um, priorities, um, and also to be able to engage all different sectors um, within the African continent and specifically within the countries where we, 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 we have programs um, to be able to provide you know, our response and to be able to ensure that we also have a seat at the table, not only in country, but at regional and global levels, and that we're also supporting the, the, the global um, agenda. So not only supporting our national strategies and our national agenda, but also being able to ensure that we're contributing to, to, to the broader um, agenda when it comes you know, to health, but also gender equality, as we mentioned, sanitation. So we really work across uh, many different issues. Mm. Wow, um, it's it's a it's a mouthful um, for sure. A, a big a big vision, uh, and I, I wasn't expecting less uh, coming from you. Um, but it's it's really wonderful. It's touching every every point that is very very close to my heart. Um, Growth and development led by Africans for Africans. Uh, working in health, um, you've seen gaps in Africa leadership and ownership of whatever happens in Africa. You want to sit at the table of even bigger um, initiatives, global initiatives, and um, so all this is really wonderful. And, and it, it's like what uh, we should be doing and, and what everyone should be doing. And I hope uh, those who are listening. Um, we'll check on um, Speak Up Africa and what, what they are doing. I've, I've read about what you're doing since we've come to know each other. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. It's an amazing organization. It's well run, well structured, uh, well streamlined. So how are you doing? So you've you've laid out what, what you have aimed to do and why you wanted to do it. Um, so what's your assessment of where you are and what are the successes that you, you've enjoyed and challenges that you are facing? So Speak Up Africa is now 11 years old. So um, we've really started working you know, on malaria control and elimination. And then our journey has led us to expand our scope to work, like I said, across different health thematics, but also more broadly. And to date, you know, some of the key successes we've seen is really, you know, increased domestic resources. For example, for malaria, we've worked on, you know, policy change and supporting the African sanitation policy guidelines um, in support of the African Union and AMCAO, which is the African Minister's Council on Water. Um, in the elaboration, approbation, and now implementation of those policies. So that has been something that we have been very keen on, on supporting in the countries in which we work. Um, we also have been uh, working very closely with civil society organizations and really being able to bring them together in coalitions uh, to be able to um, advocate for you know increased political leadership increased political prioritization um as i said before domestic resource mobilization is key for us um but also policy change where needed so this has been really what we've been trying to do um and again across the work that we've done we've systematically um you know seen change seen impact 
Um, obviously, it's always a challenge um, to mobilize resources. So that is definitely one of the big challenges, I think, that is inherent to the work that we do. Um, other challenges around, you know, prioritizing issues, that's never easy, uh, especially given all the competing priorities, you know, African governments and countries are facing. So for us, it's always how do we innovate in the way that we talk about our issues? How do we work with champions at all levels that are heard uh, when we're not heard? How do we work with, you know, private sector companies to bring them to the table, to have them bring other private sectors to the table? So for us, our role as Speak Up Africa is very much also one of a convener that really also enables um, others uh, to be able to advocate for our causes and not necessarily always us that are at the forefront or in the visible seat, but really um, being able to bring, you know, the tools, the resources, the connections with partners, with donors, with, um, you know, private sector companies, civil society organizations. Um, and of course, I can't forget also the media uh, the media is also a critical element of how we ensure that decision makers are prioritizing our key issues. So I think, again, our model has very much evolved since we first started. When we first started, we were very focused on, you know, behavior change communications campaigns. Uh, we were very focused on implementing programs ourselves. Whereas now, you know, we're much more focused on sustainability and really being able to enable local organizations to be able to support the national programs, whether it's NTDs, malaria, sanitation, but really being able just to provide that platform, the tools, the connections, but then have those organizations implement. And we feel that that is what is going to, one, lead us to sustainability because those organizations are locally based, two, uh, it also allows us to be able to ensure that what we're doing is most adapted to the local context. Um, and finally, I think for us, it's, you know, in terms of the impact, we're able to have a much bigger impact because there's hundreds of organizations working with us to achieve our goals. Whereas if it was just us, we might be limited to, you know, being able to do some work in three countries, whereas with the network and what we're hoping to do, we can have a much bigger reach, uh, much faster and more effectively. Mm. Yeah, that's that's really nice because uh, it's it's interesting how you 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 were explaining it and and it shows how you progressed from being your own Speak Up Africa's organization as you created it and then moving growing bigger and then realizing that you you need to empower others to to become almost like you are and become a convener connector enabler um that's that's really amazing and and, and really already thinking about the sustainability in being spread all over africa and being able to to work in more than just a few countries where you as speak up africa could work that's that's amazing and i hope I wish everyone was working in that direction to empower others and elevate others so that um, we we share the, the platform and the networks and then um, help others work. You, you mentioned 
sustainability, and I, I wanted to to challenge you a little bit on this and see what what you think. So, as a as a as Speak Up Africa, I'm assuming you you're working with donor money, um, and you you're implementing um, the strategy that you have. But I've I've been uh, personally questioning and 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 also debating with other people um, how how is it possible that um, you would have you would use donor money without implementing donor strategy. So in other words, how do you how do you make sure that even if you get donor money, you still implement your own strategy or or in in this case, speak up Africa strategy, but any other organization that is Africa-based uh, towards trying to elevate um, or, or resolve any issue that they want to resolve in Africa, but counting on donors' money. How do you make sure that you, you keep, you stay the course, keep your strategy, rather than being diverted by a donor's agenda? I think that's a very good question. Um, certainly for us, you know, we believe that, you know, we are a strong African organization um, that is uh, that has its own strategy. Um, we currently are implementing our institutional strategy, which goes from 2021 to 2025. And all of the work that we do is aligned with our strategy, with our priorities and our objectives. We do indeed work with donors, um, but we choose the donors that we work with and we ensure that the donors that we work with share um, the same objectives that we do, that they understand the work that we do and that they value the work that we do and our strategy. And, um, in terms of you know um, whether it's our strategy or the or shared strategy, because I will say that we do not implement a donor strategy. So it's we have instances where we are funded by donors to implement our strategy, and we also have instances in which we work with donors on a shared strategy, ensuring that our strategy and their strategy is aligned, and we meet in that point and area uh, where both our strategies fit with each other. Um, and we've been, you know, again, very privileged to have donors that have supported us as an organization um, to be able to strengthen our capacity. So, you know, similar to what we're trying to do with others, uh, we have had that type of support from our donors. Um, we have also, been, I believe, in true partnerships uh, with most of our donors to date. Um, you know, we work on our proposal together. Um, you know, we share our recommendations. Um, you know, we receive feedback, um, but it is an open conversation. And until now, um, we have never been in a position where we have had to take programs or implement programs that have not been aligned with the work that we want to do and the work that I described, a lot of which is the same across all of our programs, which is really around strengthening local capacity. So getting receiving funding to be able to fund other organizations similar to ours to be able to support you know, national programs with capacity strengthening programs. 
uh, to be able to support leadership. So being able to support you know, leadership across the partner organizations that we work with, to be able to work with media to increase the quality and quantity of media coverage of our key issues, and to be able to engage with champions from across sectors to support the prioritization of our issues. So I think for us today, um, you know, we have been again in a position where we have been able to choose <laughs> the donors that we work with and to be able to choose the pro projects that we work on. And being a relatively small organization gives us that flexibility and ability that maybe larger or differently structured organizations don't have. And maybe the last thing I want to add, I think, is the whole reason Speak Up Africa was born was to promote African leadership and ownership. So people who come to us know that the type of organization that they're investing in. So I think for me, it's, uh, it's also inherent to who we are um, that, you know, we would promote a certain type of values, a certain type of objectives, and we have a certain way of working. Um, and we have key areas that are our key focus areas. So if someone comes and you know wants to work with us in a in an area that's not within our mandate, you know we say no, and we say no often. Um, so and more and more. <laughs> so I think that's also something that you know people also have to be ready to say no and to stand their ground. Um, and I think donors, at least the donors that we work with, are very respectful of what we want and how we want to do it and uh, and for the most part have been you know supportive of course again aligned with their strategies which you know is is in my mind also normal um mm -hmm. that you know if i'm a donor and investing my resources it also has to be aligned with my strategy so i think it's that shared strategy and that shared vision and shared partnership that that is critical um, to be able to establish at the onset. Thank you for listening to this first part of my conversation with Yasin Jibo, founder and CEO of Speak Up Africa. Stay tuned for part two in our next episode. Until then, Love mercy, act justly, and walk humbly.